This is a podcast from the children's radio station Fun Kids. Listen on DAB Digital Radio across the UK or online at funkidslive.com. London's history, the Roman Wall. The city of London has a great history. From the Romans and Tudors through to the Victorians and the 21st century, each era has left a unique impression on the city. Sometimes totally new, sometimes borrowed from previous eras. Did you know that London used to be a walled city? London's wall is one of the oldest structures in the city. It was originally built by the Romans over 1,800 years ago, between the years AD 190 and 225. In fact, they continued to develop it until the 4th century, making it one of the last major building projects undertaken by the Romans before they left. But why was it so important? Perhaps we need to ask a Roman. (laughs) Who goes there? Ah, visitors, welcome. I am Centurion Accius Actorio at your service. I can certainly tell you a thing or two about this wall. It was built to protect Londinium from the Picts. Although some say it was built by Albinus, governor of Britain, to protect his city against our arch-rival, Septimius Severius. Whichever story you prefer, what a feat it was, taking many years to build and using over 85,000 tonnes of Kentish ragstone in its construction. Once built, keeping the wall strong was an important task, and it was rebuilt and extended on numerous occasions during the time us Romans ruled most of Britain. Amazing! Thanks, Actorio! Did you know? The wall stretches for two miles around the ancient city of London, from Tower Hill in the east to Blackfriars Station in the west. It was one of the largest construction projects in the country when the Romans built it, and in a way it's more impressive than the tall skyscrapers we see today, when you consider they built the wall by hand. No cranes or heavy machinery. In Noble Street, there's an amazing section of the wall that you can see. In the Second World War, this area was badly damaged during the ferocious bombing campaigns. The bombing destroyed all of the houses that were here at this time, and when workers were clearing away the rubble, they uncovered part of the original London Wall, which you can see here. The site is extra special as it's one of the few remaining examples of a Second World War bomb site. end of the site, that's the direction we've just come from, you can see remains of a small rectangular stone building. This was a cornet sentry tower of what was a large 12-acre fort that was built in the second century. The tower enabled soldiers to get to the top of the wall and keep guard of what was happening on the other side. The fort was home to the governor of Britain and a thousand of his men. As well as soldiers, the fort also housed administrative buildings, supply storerooms and, well, a few amenities. The wall we can see here used to be six metres high. The Roman bit of the wall can be seen at the base of the remains. Above the Roman remains, we can see tiling and stonework from the medieval period. That's because the wall was considered really important for over a thousand years. This is more visible if you walk northwards alongside the wall. In places where the medieval wall hasn't survived, you can see a patchwork of 19th century brickwork. And with remains of more modern buildings, it's a real mix of the centuries. As we discovered in Noble Street, 
London's wall may have had its origins in Roman times, but it's been an important part of London life over many centuries. That's correct, milady. The Romans left London and Britain in 1410 AD. Whilst the wall remained in active use, no one really paid much attention to its structure and slowly, over time... Well, it's deteriorated, but then in around 868, Alfred the Great returned Anglo-Saxon rule to London and he set upon rebuilding the crumbling wall and the defensive ditch. And what's more, he needed to. It was a time of Viking sieges and raids and Alfred the Great needed all of the defences they had. The tower here was originally built in the mid-13th century as part of a substantial renovation to reinforce the defences of the old Roman wall and protect the capital and its inhabitants. We know this because it was written about by a historian called John Stowe in his A Survey of London, which was published in 1598. In the year 1257, Henry III caused the walls of this city, which were sore, decayed and destitute of towers, to be repaired in more seemingly wise than before at the common charges of the city. But as the city grew, the need for defences in these places became less important, and by the late medieval period, the tower had been repurposed as a house, with arrow slits becoming windows and arches becoming doors. By the 18th century, with a growing population, many houses were being built around the wall, and this section was almost entirely hidden from view. And again, it was only during the bombing in 1940 that the tower was once again revealed. St Giles Cripplegate is one of the few remaining medieval churches in the City of London and it's thought there's been a church here for over a thousand years. The church's full name is St Giles Without Cripplegate. Without means that it is located outside of the wall. The name Cripplegate refers to one of the gates through the city wall. While there's no definitive explanation of the origin of the word Cripplegate, it's thought that the word comes from the Anglo-Saxon Cripplegate, which means a covered way or tunnel, which would have run from the town gate of Cripplegate to the Barbican, which was at that time a fortified watchtower on the city wall. The wall here is wonderfully intact, although most of what we see is from the medieval period, when a series of towers were added to the structure. What's unique about this section of the wall is the lake in front of it, which follows the line of an old medieval defensive ditch. As this section of the wall became the southern boundary of the churchyard, it meant it wasn't demolished or built over like the other sections of the wall. As we move down the line of the wall, towards the modern bridge spanning the lake, you can see a large medieval tower. This tower marks the northwestern corner of both the city wall and the Roman fort. Today, it stands at a remarkable two-thirds of its original height, so you can really get a sense of the size of these defences in times past. And the tower has an interesting history, as someone closely linked to the church can tell us. It is I, St Giles, patron saint of cripples, beggars and blacksmiths. The church that stands here bears my name, and it is said by some that my patronage itself is the reason for the name of this place, Cripplegate. I was a hermit in the 7th century who shunned the world to live a simple life, away from all others. This tower, part of the historic and ancient wall of London, has at times become a refuge too for others who seek solace. Do you require solace, my dear? No, uh, thanks, St Giles. We're good, thanks. 
The crossroad of Wood Street and St Alphage Garden marks the spot of Cripplegate itself, where back in Roman times you would have found a large gate, the northern entrance to the Roman fort. We know a gate was here until the late Saxon period, which was around the 10th and 11th centuries. Gates have many uses, they're great at keeping people in and out. And Cripplegate, like the more famous Newgate, was used as a prison for a while. Although that came to an abrupt end after the Civil War. The Civil War pitted the Cavaliers, people who wanted to keep the monarchy, against the Roundheads, who wanted them abolished. The two sides clashed in many battles for nearly a decade, resulting in the end with the execution of King Charles I in 1649. When the monarchy was restored in 1660, all of the city gates were unhinged and portcullises wedged open, making them useless for defence. The gates remained purely as ceremonial entrances until they were destroyed in 1761 to improve traffic in the City of London. St Alphage Garden is at the very centre of Roman London. In fact, this road would have been the central street through the Roman fort. Isn't that right, Centurion Actorius? Indeed, the fort was the home of the official guard of the governor, a very important man in need of the finest guard. Over a thousand of his men were housed here in many barracks. The strong walls were part of Londinium's defences for many centuries. No one builds a wall like a Roman. Have you seen any of our other famous walls? There's a grand one up north. It was built by our Emperor Hadrian to protect the empire from attack from the north. Ah, Hadrian's Wall. Many parts of the wall still stand to this day, nearly 2,000 years after it was built. Just like the wall we can see in St Alphage Garden. The wall here is interesting, not just because of its size, but because it shows us some good examples of the repairs that were done in medieval times. During the Wars of the Roses, which were ongoing between 1455 and 1487, one of the Lord Mayors of London, Ralph Jocelyn, ordered the wall to be repaired between Aldgate and Aldersgate, and for the top of the wall to be rebuilt in brick. A church was built into the wall in the 11th century, and after it was demolished in the 16th century, builders incorporated their new buildings into the remains of the wall. Can you imagine that? Having a wall in your house that was hundreds of years old and used to be inside a church? Like many parts of the wall, it was only after bombing in the Second World War when some sections were rediscovered. London's History, produced with support from the City of London Corporation. To find out more, visit funkidslive.com slash history. So that was a podcast from the children's radio station Fun Kids. Listen on DAB Digital Radio across the UK or online at funkidslive.com.